Section 23 of Library of the World's Best Mystery and Detective Stories, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eva Easton. Library of the World's Best Mystery and Detective Stories, Volume 6 by Julian Hawthorne, Editor. Section 23 Calamity Ahmad and Hapsalam Bazazah from the Arabic. Caliph Harun al Rashid went into Kut al Kalub, who rose to him on sighting him, and kissed the ground between his hands. When he said to her, Hath Allah al Din visited thee? And she answered, No, O commander of the faithful. I sent to bid him come, but he would not. So the caliph bade carry her back to the harim, and saying to Ala al-Din, Do not absent thyself from us, return to his palace. Accordingly, next morning, Ala al-Din mounted and rode to the divan, where he took his seat as chief of the sixty. Presently the caliph ordered his treasurer to give the wazir Ja'afar ten thousand dinars, and said, when his order was obeyed, I charge thee to go down to the bazaar where handmaidens are sold, and buy Ala al-Din a slave-girl with this sum. Accordingly, in obedience to the king, Ja'afar took Ala al-Din and went down with him to the bazaar. Now, as chance would have it that very day, the emir Khalid, whom the caliph had made governor of Baghdad, went down to the market to buy a slave-girl for his son, and the cause of his going was that his wife, Katun by name, had borne him a son called Habsalam Bazaza, and the same was foul of favor, and had reached the age of twenty, without learning to mount horse albeit his father was brave and bold, a doughty rider ready to plunge into the sea of darkness. And it happened that on a certain night his mother said to his father, I want to find him a wife. Quoth Khalid, The fellow is so foul of favor, and withal so sordid and beastly, that no woman would take him at a gift. And she answered, We will buy him a slave-girl. So it befell, for the accomplishing of what Allah Almighty had decreed, that on the same day Ja'afar and Ala al-Din, the governor Khalid and his son went down to the market. And behold, they saw in the hands of a broker a beautiful girl, lovely-faced and of perfect shape. And the wazir said to him, O broker, ask her owner if he will take a thousand dinars for her. And as the broker passed by the governor with the slave, Absalom Bazaza cast at her one glance of the eyes, which entailed for himself one thousand sighs. And he fell in love with her, and passion got hold of him, and he said, O oh, my father, buy me yonder slave-girl. So the emir called the broker, who brought the girl to him, and asked her her name. She replied, my name is Jessamine, and he said to Habsalam Bazaza, O my son, 
and she please thee, do thou bid higher for her. Then he asked the broker, What hath been bidden for her? And he replied, A thousand dinars. Said the governor's son, She is mine for a thousand pieces of gold and one more. And the broker passed on to Ala al-Din, who bid two thousand dinars for her. And as often as the emir's son bid another dinar, Ala al-Din bid a thousand. The ugly youth was vexed at this, and said, O broker, who is it that outbiddeth me for the slave girl? Answered the broker, It is the wazir Ja'afar, who is minded to buy her for Ala al-Din Abu al-Shamat. And Ala al-Din continued till he brought her price up to ten thousand dinars, and her owner was satisfied to sell her for that sum. Then he took the girl and said to her, I give thee thy freedom for the love of Almighty Allah, and forthwith wrote his contract of marriage with her, and carried her to his house. Now when the broker returned, after having received his brokerage, the emir's son summoned him, and said to him, Where is the girl? Quoth he, She was bought for ten thousand dinars by Allah al-Din, who hath set her free and married her. At this the young man was greatly vexed and cast down, and sighing many a sigh, returned home, sick for love of the damsel. And he threw himself on his bed and refused food, for love and longing were sore upon him. Now when his mother saw him in this plight, she said to him, Heaven assain thee, O my son, what aileth thee? And he answered, Buy me jessamine, O my mother. Quoth she, When the flower-seller passeth, I will buy thee a basket full of jessamine. Quoth he, It is not the jessamine one smells, but a slave-girl named jessamine, whom my father would not buy for me. So she said to her husband, Why and wherefore didst thou not buy him the girl? And he replied, What is fit for the Lord is not fit for the liege, and I have no power to take her. No less a man bought her than Allah al-Din, chief of the sixty. Then the youth's weakness redoubled upon him, till he gave up sleeping and eating, and his mother bound her head with the fillets of mourning. And while in her sadness she sat at home, lamenting over her son, behold, came into her an old woman, known as the mother of Ahmad Kamakim, the arch-thief, a knave who would bore through a middle wall, and scale the tallest of the tall, and steal the very coal off the eyeball. From his earliest years he had been given to these malpractices, till they made him captain of the watch, when he stole a sum of money, and the chief of police, coming upon him in the act, carried him to the caliph, who bade put him to death on the common execution ground. But he implored protection of the wazir, whose intercession the caliph never rejected. So he pleaded for him with the commander of the faithful, who said, How canst thou intercede for this pest of the human race? Ja'afar answered, O commander of the faithful, do thou imprison him, Whoso built the first jail was a sage, seeing that a jail is the grave of the living. 
and a joy for the foe. So the caliph bade lay him in bilboes and write thereon. Appointed to remain here until death, and not to be loosed, but on the corpse-washer's bench. And they cast him fettered into limbo. Now his mother was a frequent visitor to the house of the Emir Khalid, who was governor and chief of police. And she used to go in to her son in jail and say to him, Did I not warn thee to turn from thy wicked ways? And he would always answer her, Allah decreed this to me, but, O oh, my mother, when thou visitest the emir's wife, make her intercede for me with her husband. So when the old woman came into the Lady Khatun, she found her bound with the fillets of mourning, and said to her, Wherefore dost thou mourn? She replied, For my son, Habsalam Bazaza. And the old woman exclaimed, Heaven assain thy son, what hath befallen him? So the mother told her the whole story, and she said, What wouldst thou say of him who should achieve such a feat as would save thy son? Asked the lady, And what feat wilt thou do? Quoth the old woman, I have a son called Ahmad Kamakim, the arch-thief, who lieth chained in jail, and on his bilboes is written, Appointed to remain till death. So do thou don thy richest clothes, and trick thee out with thy finest jewels, and present thyself to thy husband with an open face and smiling mien, and say, By Allah, tis a strange thing. When a man desireth aught of his wife, he doneth her till she doeth it. But if a wife desire aught of her husband, he will not grant it to her. Then he will say, what dost thou want? And do thou answer, First swear to grant my request. If he swear to thee by his head, or by Allah, say to him, Swear to me the oath of divorce. And do not yield to him except he do this. And when he hath sworn to thee the oath of divorce, say to him, Thou keepest in prison a man called Ahmad Kamakim, and he hath a poor old mother, who hath set upon me, and who urgeth me in the matter, and who saith, Let thy husband intercede for him with the caliph, that my son may repent, and thou gain heavenly guerdon. And the Lady Khatun replied, I hear and obey. So when her husband came in to his wife, she spoke to him as she had been taught, and made him swear the divorce oath, and yield to her wishes. When morning dawned, after he had made the ghusl ablution, and prayed the dawn prayer, he repaired to the prison, and said, O Ahmad Kamakim, O thou arch-thief, dost thou repent of thy works? Whereto he replied, I do indeed repent, and turn to Allah, and say with heart and tongue, I ask pardon of Allah. So the governor took him out of jail, and carried him to court, he being still in bilboes, and approaching the caliph, kissed ground before him. Quoth the king, O Emir Khalid, what seekest thou? Whereupon he brought forward Ahmad Kamakim, shuffling and tripping in his fetters, 
and the caliph said to him what art thou yet alive o kamakim he replied o commander of the faithful the miserable are long lived quoth the caliph to the emir why hast thou brought him hither and quoth he o commander of the faithful he hath a poor old mother cut off from the world who hath none but this son and she hath had recourse to thy slave imploring him to intercede with thee to strike off his chains for he repenteth of his evil courses and to make him captain of the watch as before the caliph asked ahmad kamakim dost thou repent of thy sins i do indeed repent me to allah o commander of the faithful answered he whereupon the caliph called for the blacksmith and made him strike off his irons on the corpse washer's bench moreover he restored him to his former office and charged him to walk in the ways of godliness and righteousness so he kissed the caliph's hands and being invested with the uniform of captain of the watch he went forward whilst they made proclamation of his appointment now for a long time he abode in the exercise of his office till one day his mother went in to the governor's wife who said to her praised be allah who hath delivered thy son from prison and restored him to health and safety but why dost thou not bid him contrive some trick to get the girl jessamine for my son hapsalam bazaza that will i answered she and going out from her repaired to her son she found him drunk with wine and said to him o my son no one caused thy release from jail but the wife of the governor and she would have thee find some means to slay ala al-din abu al-shamat and get his slave-girl jessamine for her son absalam bazaza he answered that will be the easiest of things and i must needs set about it this very night now this was the first night of the new month and it was the custom of the caliph to spend that night with the lady zubaydah for the setting free of a slave-girl or a marmaluke or something of the sort moreover on such occasions he used to doff his royal habit together with his rosary and dagger sword and royal signet and set them all upon a chair in the sitting saloon and he had also a gold lantern adorned with three jewels strung on a wire of gold by which he set great store and he would commit all these things to the charge of the eunuchs whilst he went into the lady zubaydah's apartment so the arch-thief ahmad kamakim waited till midnight when canopus shone bright and all creatures to sleep were dight whilst the creator veiled them with the veil of night then he took his drawn sword in his right hand and his grappling hook in his left and repairing to the caliph's sitting saloon planted his scaling ladder and cast his grapnel on to the side of the terrace roof then raising the trap-door let himself down into the saloon where he found the eunuchs asleep he drugged them with hemp fumes and taking the caliph's dress dagger 
rosary, kerchief, signet ring, and the lantern, whereupon were the pearls, returned whence he came, and betook himself to the house of Ala al-Din, who had that night celebrated his wedding festivities with Jessamine. So arch-thief Ahmad Kamakim climbed over into his saloon, and, raising one of the marble slabs from the sunken part of the floor, dug a hole under it, and laid the stolen things therein, all save the lantern, which he kept for himself. Then he plastered down the marble slab as it was before, and returning whence he came, went back to his own house, saying, I will now tackle my drink, and set this lantern before me, and quaff the cup to its light. Now, as soon as it was dawn of day, the caliph went out into the sitting-chamber, and, seeing the eunuchs drugged with hemp, aroused them. Then he put his hand to the chair, and found neither dress, nor signet, nor rosary, nor dagger-sword, nor kerchief, nor lantern. Whereat he was exceeding wroth, and, donning the dress of anger, which was a scarlet suit, sat down in the divan. So the wazir Ja'afar came forward, and kissing the ground before him, said, Allah avert all evil from the commander of the faithful. Answered the caliph, O wazir, the evil is passing great. Ja'afar asked, What has happened? So he told him what had occurred, and, behold, the chief of police appeared with Ahmad Kamakim, the robber, at his stirrup, when he found the commander of the faithful sore enraged. As soon as the caliph saw him, he said to him, O Emir Khalid, how goes Baghdad? And he answered, Safe and secure. Cried he, Thou liest. How so, O prince of true believers, asked the emir. So he told him the case, and added, I charge thee to bring me back all the stolen things. Replied the emir, O commander of the faithful, the vinegar worm is of and in the vinegar, and no stranger can get at this place. But the caliph said, Except thou bring me these things, I will put thee to death. Quoth he, Ere thou slay me, slay Ahmad Kamakim, for none should know the robber and the traitor but the captain of the watch. Then came forward Ahmad Kamakim, and said to the caliph, Accept my intercession for the chief of police, and I will be responsible to thee for the thief, and will track his trail till I find him. But give me two kazis and two assessors, for he who did this thing feareth thee not, nor doth he fear the governor, nor any other. Answered the caliph, Thou shalt have what thou wantest, but let search be made first in my palace, and then in those of the wazir and the chief of the sixty. Rejoined Ahmad Kamakim, Thou sayest well, O commander of the faithful, be like the man that did this ill deed, be one who hath been reared in the king's household, or in that of one of his officers. Cried the caliph, As my head liveth, 
whosoever shall have done the deed i will assuredly put him to death be it mine own son then ahmad kamakim received a written warrant to enter and perforce search the houses so he went forth taking in his hand a rod made of bronze and copper iron and steel of each three equal parts he first searched the palace of the caliph then that of the wazir jaafar after which he went the round of the houses of the chamberlains and the viceroys till he came to that of ala al-din now when the chief of the sixty heard the clamour before his house he left his wife jessamine and went down and opening the door found the master of police without in the midst of a tumultuous crowd so he said what is the matter o emir khalid thereupon the chief told him the case and ala al-din said enter my house and search it the governor replied pardon o my lord thou art a man in whom trust is reposed and the law forfend that the trusty turn traitor quoth ala al-din there is no help for it but that my house be searched so the chief of police entered attended by the kazi and his assessors whereupon ahmad kamakim went straight to the depressed floor of the saloon and came to the slab under which he had buried the stolen goods and let the rod fall upon it with such violence that the marble broke in sunder and behold something glittered underneath then said he bismillah in the name of allah mashallah whatso allah willeth by the blessing of our coming a hoard hath been hit upon wait while we go down into this hiding-place and see what is therein so the kazi and assessors looked into the hole and finding there the stolen goods drew up a statement of how they had discovered them in ala al-din's house to which they set their seals then they bade seize upon ala al-din and took his turban from his head and officially registered all his monies and effects which were in the mansion meanwhile arch-thief ahmad kamakim laid hands on jessamine and committed her to his mother saying deliver her to khatun the governor's lady so the old woman took her and carried her to the wife of the master of police now as soon as habsalam bazaza saw her health and heart returned to him and he arose without stay or delay and joyed with exceeding joy and would have drawn near her but she plucked a dagger from her girdle and said keep off from me or i will kill thee and kill myself after with this the ugly youth's love-longing redoubled and he sickened for yearning and unfulfilled desire and refusing food returned to his pillow then said his mother to her o wretch how canst thou make me thus to sorrow for my son needs must i punish thee with torture and as for ala al-din he will assuredly be hanged and i will die for love of him answered jessamine 
then the governor's wife arose and stripped her of her jewels and silken raiment and clothing her in sackcloth sent her down into the kitchen and made her a scullery wench saying the reward for thy constancy shall be to break up firewood and peel onions and set fire under the cooking pots quoth she i am willing to suffer all manner of hardships and servitude but i will not suffer the sight of thy son however allah inclined the hearts of the slave girls to her and they used to do her service in the kitchen such was the case with jessamine but as regards allah al-din they carried him together with the stolen goods to the divan where the caliph still sat upon his throne and behold the king looked upon his effects and said where did ye find them they replied in the very middle of the house belonging to ala al-din abu al-shamat whereat the caliph was filled with wrath and took the things but found not the lantern among them and said o ala al-din where is the lantern he answered i stole it not i know not of it i never saw it i can give no information about it said the caliph o traitor how cometh it that i brought thee near unto me and thou hast cast me out afar and i trusted in thee and thou betrayest me and he commanded to hang him so the chief of police took him and went down with him into the city whilst the crier preceded them proclaiming aloud and saying this is the reward and the least of the reward he shall receive who doth treason against the caliphs of true belief and the folk flocked to the place where the gallows stood thus far concerning him but as regards ahmad al-danaf ala al-din's adopted father he was sitting making merry with his followers in a garden and carousing and pleasuring when lo in came one of the water carriers of the divan and kissing the hand of ahmad al-danaf said to him o captain ahmad o danaf thou sittest at thine ease with water flowing at thy feet and thou knowest not what hath happened asked ahmad what is it and the other answered they have gone down to the gallows with thy son ala al-din adopted by a covenant before allah quoth ahmad what is the remedy here o hasan shuman and what sayest thou of this he replied assuredly Allah al-din is innocent and this blame hath come to him from some one enemy quoth ahmad what counselest thou and hasan said we must rescue him inshallah then he went to the jail and said to the jailer give us someone who deserveth death so he gave him one that was likest of men to ala al-din abu al-shamat and they covered his head and carried him to the place of execution between ahmad al-danaf and ali al-zaibak of cairo now they had brought ala al-din to the gibbet to hang him but ahmad al-danaf came forward and set his foot on that of the hangman who said give me room to do my duty he replied o accursed take this man and hang him in ala al-din's stead 
for he is innocent, and we will ransom him with this fellow, even as Abraham ransomed Isaac with the ram. So the hangman seized the man and hanged him in lieu of Allah al-Din, whereupon Ahmad and Ali took Allah al-Din and carried him to Ahmad's quarters, and when there Allah al-Din turned to him and said, O my sire-in-chief, Allah requite thee with the best of good. Quoth he, O Allah al-Din, what is this deed thou hast done? The mercy of Allah be on him who said, Whoever trusteth thee betray him not, even if thou be a traitor. Now the caliph set thee in high place about him, and styled thee trusty and faithful. How then couldst thou deal thus with him and steal his goods? By the most great name, O my father-in-chief, replied Allah al-Din, I had no hand in this, nor did I such deed, nor know I who did it. Quoth Ahmad, Of a surety none did this but a manifest enemy, and whoever doth aught shall be requited for his deed. But, O Allah al-Din, thou canst sojourn no longer in Baghdad, for kings, O my son, may not pass from one thing to another, and when they go in quest of a man, ah, long is his travail. Whither shall I go, O my chief? asked Allah al-Din, and he answered, O my son, I will bring thee to Alexandria, for tis a blessed place. Its threshold is green, and its sojourn is agreeable. And Allah al-Din rejoined, I hear, and I obey, O my chief. So Ahmad said to Hassan Shuman, Be mindful, and when the caliph asketh for me, say, He is gone touring about the provinces. Then, taking Allah al-Din, he went forth of Baghdad and stayed, not going till they came to the outlying vineyards and gardens, where they met two Jews of the caliph's tax-gatherers riding on mules. Quoth Ahmad al-Danaf to these, Give me the blackmail. And quoth they, Why should we pay thee blackmail? Whereto he replied, Because I am the watchman of this valley. So they gave him each an hundred gold pieces, after which he slew them and took their mules, one of which he mounted, whilst Allah al-Din bestrode the other. Then they rode on till they came to the city of Ayas, and put up their beasts for the night at the Khan. And when morning dawned, Allah al-Din sold his own mule, and committed that of Ahmad to the charge of the doorkeeper of the caravansary, after which they took ship from Ayas port, and sailed to Alexandria. Here they landed, and walked up to the bazaar, and behold, there was a broker, crying a shop, and a chamber behind it for nine hundred and fifty dinars. Upon this Allah al-Din bid a thousand, which the broker accepted, for the premises belonged to the treasury. And the seller handed over to him the keys, and the buyer opened the shop, and found the inner parlor furnished with carpets and cushions. Moreover, he found there a storeroom full of sails and masts, cordage, and seamen's chests, bags of beads and cowrie shells, stirrups, battle-axes, maces, 
knives, scissors, and such matters, for the last owner of the shop had been a dealer in second-hand goods. So he took his seat in the shop, and Ahmad al-Danaf said to him, O my son, the shop and the room and that which is therein are become thine. So tarry thou here and buy and sell, and repine not at thy lot, for Almighty Allah blesseth trade. After this he abode with him three days, and on the fourth he took leave of him, saying, Abide here till I go back and bring thee the caliph's pardon, and learn who hath played thee this trick. Then he shipped for Ayas, where he took the mule from the inn, and, returning to Baghdad, met Pestilence Hassan and his followers, to whom said he, Hath the caliph asked after me? And he replied, No, nor hast thou come to his thought. So he resumed his service about the caliph's person, and set himself to sniff about for news of Ala al-Din's case, till one day he heard the caliph say to the wazir, See, O Ja'afar, how Ala al-Din dealt with me. Replied the minister, O commander of the faithful, thou hast requited him with hanging, and hath he not met with his reward? Quoth he, O wazir, I have a mind to go down and see him hanging. And the wazir answered, Do what thou wilt, O commander of the faithful. So the caliph, a complaint by Ja'afar, went down to the place of execution, and raising his eyes, saw the hanged man to be other than Ala al-Din Abu al-Shamat, surnamed the trusty, and said, O wazir, this is not Ala al-Din. How knowest thou that it is not he? asked the minister. And the caliph answered, Ala al-Din was short, and this one is tall. Quoth Ja'afar, Hanging stretcheth. Quoth the caliph, Ala al-Din was fair, and this one's hair is black. Said Ja'afar, Knowest thou not, O commander of the faithful, that death is followed by blackness? Then the caliph bade take down the body from the gallows tree, and they found the names of the two sheikhs, Abu Bakr and Omar, written on his heels, whereupon cried the caliph, O wazir, Allah al-Din was a Sunnite, and this fellow is a rejecter, a Shia. He answered, Glory be to Allah who knoweth the hidden things, while we know not whether this was Allah al-Din or other than he. Then the caliph bade bury the body, and they buried it, and Allah al-Din was forgotten as though he never had been. Such was his case. But as regards Habsalam Bazaza, the Amir Khalid's son, he ceased not to languish for love and longing till he died, and they joined him to the dust. Now, as for the young wife Jessamine, she gave birth to a boy child like unto the moon. And when her fellow slave girls said to her, What wilt thou name him? she answered, were his father well, he had named him, but now I will name him Aslan. Now it so came to pass that one day, after two years, 
whilst his mother was busied with the service of the kitchen the boy went out and seeing the stairs mounted to the guest chamber and the emir khalid who was sitting there took him upon his lap and glorified his lord for that which he had created and fashioned then closely eyeing his face the governor saw that he was the likest of all creatures to ala al-din abu al-shamat presently his mother jessamine sought for him and finding him not mounted to the guest chamber where she saw the emir seated with the child playing in his lap for allah had inclined his heart to the boy and when the child espied his mother he would have thrown himself upon her but the emir held him tight to his bosom and said to jessamine come hither o damsel so she came to him when said to her whose son is this and she replied he is my son and who is his father asked the emir and she answered his father was allah al-din abu al-shamat but now he is become thy son quoth khalid in very sooth allah al-din was a traitor quoth she allah deliver him from treason the heavens forfend and forbid that the trusty should be a traitor then said he when this boy shall grow up and reach man's estate and say to thee who is my father do thou say to him thou art the son of the emir khalid governor and chief of police and she answered i hear and i obey then he adopted the boy and reared him with the goodliest rearing and engaged for him a professor of law and religious science and an expert pensman who taught him to read and write so he read the koran twice and learned it by heart and he grew up saying to the emir o my father moreover the governor used to go down with him to the tilting ground and assemble horsemen and teach the lad the fashion of fight and fray and the place to plant lance thrust and sabre stroke so that by the time he was fourteen years old he became a valiant white and accomplished knight and gained the rank of emir now it chanced one day that aslan fell in with ahmad kamakim the arch thief and accompanied him as cup companion to the tavern and behold ahmad took out the jewelled lantern he had stolen from the caliph and setting it before him pledged the wine-cup to its light till he became drunken so aslan said to him o captain give me this lantern but he replied i cannot give it to thee asked aslan why not and ahmad answered because lives have been lost for it whose life inquired aslan and ahmad rejoined there came hither a man who was made chief of the sixty he was named allah al-din abu al-shamat and he lost his life through this lantern quoth aslan and what was that story and what brought about his death quoth ahmad kamakim thou hadst an elder brother by name habsalam bazaza and when he reached the age of sixteen and was inclined for marriage 
thy father would have bought him a slave girl named Jessamine. And he went on to tell him the whole story, from first to last, of Hapsalam Bazaza's illness, and what befell Allah al-Din in his innocence. When Aslan heard this, he said in thought, Haply this slave girl was my mother Jessamine, and my father was none other than Allah al-Din Abu al-Shamat. So the boy went out from him sorrowful, and met Calamity Ahmad, who at sight of him exclaimed, Glory be to him unto whom none is like. Asked Hassan the pestilence, Whereat dost thou marvel, O my chief? And Ahmad the Calamity replied, At the make of yonder boy Aslan, for he is the likest of human creatures to Allah al-Din Abu al-Shamat, then he called the lad and said to him, O Aslan, what is thy mother's name? To which he replied, She is called the damsel Jessamine. And the other said, Hark ye, Aslan, be of good cheer, and keep thine eyes cool and clear, for thy father was none other than Allah al-Din Abu al-Shamat. But, O my son, go thou into thy mother, and question her of thy father. He said, hearkening and obedience, and going in to his mother, put the question. Whereupon quoth she, Thy sire is the emir Khalid. Not so, rejoined he, my father was none other than Allah al-Din Abu al-Shamat. At this the mother wept and said, Who acquainted thee with this, O my son? And he answered, Ahmad al-Danaf, captain of the guard. So she told him the whole story, saying, O my son, the true hath prevailed, and the false hath failed. Know that Allah al-Din Abu al-Shamat was indeed thy sire, but it was none save the emir Khalid who reared thee and adopted thee as his son. And now, O my child, when thou seest Ahmad al-Danaf the captain, do thou say to him, I conjure thee by Allah, O my chief, take my blood revenge on the murderer of my father, Allah al-Din Abu al-Shamat. So he went out from his mother, and betaking himself to Calamity Ahmad, kissed his hand. Quoth the captain, What aileth thee, O Aslan? And quoth he, Now I know for certain that my father was Allah al-Din Abu al-Shamat and I would have thee take my blood revenge on his murderer. He asked, And who was thy father's murderer? Whereto Aslan answered, Ahmad Kamakim, the arch-thief. Who told thee this? inquired he. And Aslan rejoined, I saw in his hand the jeweled lantern, which was lost with the rest of the caliph's gear, and I said to him, Give me this lantern. But he refused, saying, Lives have been lost on account of this, and told me it was he who had broken into the palace and stolen the articles and deposited them in my father's house. Then said Ahmad al-Danaf, When thou seest the emir Khalid, don his harness of war, say to him, Equip me like thyself, and take me with thee. Then do thou go forth, and perform some feat of prowess before the commander of the faithful, 
and he will say to thee, Ask a boon of me, O Aslan, and do thou make answer. I ask of thee this boon, that thou take my blood revenge on my father's murderer. If he says, Thy father is yet alive, and is the Emir Khalid, the chief of police, answer thou, My father was Allah al-Din Abu al-Shamat, and the Emir Khalid hath a claim upon me only as the foster father who adopted me. Then tell him all that passed between thee and Ahmad Kamakim, and say, O prince of true believers, order him to be searched, and I will bring the lantern forth from his bosom. Thereupon said Aslan to him, I hear and obey. And returning to the Emir Khalid, found him making ready to repair to the caliph's court, and said to him, I would fain have thee arm and harness me like thyself, and take me with thee to the divan. So he equipped him and carried him thither. Then the caliph sallied forth of Baghdad with his troops, and they pitched tents and pavilions without the city. Whereupon the host divided into two parties, and forming ranks fell to playing polo, one striking the ball with the mal and another striking it back to him. Now there was among the troops a spy who had been hired to slay the caliph. So he took the ball and smiting it with the bat drove it straight at the caliph's face when behold Aslan fended it off and catching it drove it back at him who smote it so that it struck him between the shoulders and he fell to the ground. The caliph exclaimed, Allah bless thee, O Aslan, and they all dismounted and sat on chairs. Then the caliph bade them bring the smiter of the ball before him and said, Who tempted thee to do this thing, and art thou friend or foe? Quoth he, I am thy foe, and it was my purpose to kill thee. Asked the caliph, and wherefore? Art not a Moslem? Replied the spy, No, I am a rejecter. So the caliph bade them put him to death, and said to Aslan, Ask a boon of me. Quoth he, I ask of thee this boon, that thou take my blood revenge on my father's murderer. He said, Thy father is alive, and there he stands on his two feet. And who is he? asked Aslan. And the caliph answered, He is the Emir Khalid, chief of police. Rejoined Aslan, O commander of the faithful, he is no father of mine, save by right of fosterage. My father was none other than Allah al-Din Abu al-Shamat. Then thy father was a traitor, cried the caliph. Allah forbid, O commander of the faithful, rejoined Aslan, that the trusty should be a traitor. But how did he betray thee? Quoth the caliph, He stole my habit, and what was therewith? Aslan retorted, O commander of the faithful, Allah forfend that my father should be a traitor. But, O my lord, when thy habit was lost and found, didst thou likewise recover the lantern which was stolen from thee? Answered the caliph, We never got it back. And Aslan said, I saw it in the hands of Ahmad Kamakim, 
and begged it of him. But he refused to give it me, saying, Lives have been lost on account of this. Then he told me of the sickness of Hapsalam Bazaza, son of the Emir Khalid, by reason of his passion for the damsel Jezamin, and how he himself was released from bonds, and that it was he who stole the habit and the lamp. So do thou, O commander of the faithful, take my blood revenge from my father on him who murdered him. At once the caliph cried, Seize ye Ahmad Kamakim, and they seized him, whereupon he asked, Where be the captain Ahmad al-Danaf? And when he was summoned, the caliph bade him search Kamakim. So he put his hand into the thief's bosom and pulled out the lantern. Said the caliph, Come hither, thou traitor, whence hadst thou this lantern? And Kamakim replied, I bought it, O commander of the faithful. The caliph rejoined, Where didst thou buy it? Then they beat him till he owned that he had stolen the lantern, the habit, and the rest. And the caliph said to him, what moved thee to do this, O traitor, and ruin Allah al-Din Abu al-Shabat, the trusty and faithful? Then he bade them lay hands on him and on the chief of police. But the chief said, O commander of the faithful, indeed I am unjustly treated. Thou badest me hang him, and I had no knowledge of this trick, for the plot was contrived between the old woman and Ahmad Kamakim and my wife. I crave thine intercession, O Aslan. So Aslan interceded for him with the caliph, who said, What hath Allah done with this youngster's mother? Answered Khalid, She is with me. And the caliph continued, I command that thou order thy wife to dress her in her own clothes and ornaments, and restore her to her former degree, a lady of rank. And do thou remove the seals from Allah al-Din's house, and give his son possession of his estate. I hear and obey, answered Khalid, and going forth gave the order to his wife, who clad Jezamine in her own apparel, whilst he himself removed the seals from Ala al-Din's house, and gave Aslan the keys. Then said the caliph, Ask a boon of me, O Aslan, and he replied, I beg of thee the boon to unite me with my father. Whereat the caliph wept and said, Most like thy sire was he that was hanged and is dead. But by the life of my forefathers, whoso bringeth me the glad news that he is yet in the bondage of this life, I will give him all he seeketh. Then came forward Ahmad al-Danaf, and kissing the ground between his hands, said, Grant me indemnity, O commander of the faithful, Thou hast it, answered the caliph, and calamity Ahmad said, I give thee the good news that Allah al-Din Abu al-Shamat, the trusty, the faithful, is alive and well. Quoth the caliph, What is this thou sayest? Quoth al-Danaf, As thy head liveth, I say sooth, for I ransomed him with another of those who deserve death and carried him to Alexandria, where I opened for him a shop, and set him up as dealer in second-hand goods. 
So they journeyed to Alexandria. They alighted without the city, and Ala al-Din hid the women in a cavern, whilst he went into Alexandria and fetched them outer clothing wherewith he covered them. Then he carried them to his shop, and leaving them in the ben, walked forth to fetch them the morning meal. And behold, he met Calamity Ahmad, who chanced to be coming from Baghdad. He saw him in the street, and received him with open arms, saluting him and welcoming him, whereupon Ahmad al-Danaf gave him the good news of his son Aslan, and how he was now come to the age of twenty. And Allah al-Din, in his turn, told the captain of the guard all that had befallen him from first to last, whereat he marvelled with exceeding marvel. Then they brought him to his shop and sitting-room, where they passed the night, and next day he sold his place of business, and laid its price with other monies. Now Ahmad al-Danaf had told him that the caliph sought him, but he said, I am bound first for Cairo, to salute my father and mother, and the people of my house. So they all went to Cairo the God-guarded, and here they alighted in the street called Yellow, where stood the house of Shamat al-Din. Then Allah al-Din knocked at the door, and his mother said, Who is at the door, now that we have lost our beloved for evermore? He replied, Tis I, Allah al-Din. Whereupon they came down and embraced him. Then he sent his wives and baggage into the house, and entering himself with Ahmad al-Danaf, rested there three days, after which he was minded to set out for Baghdad. His father said, Abide with me, O my son. But he answered, I cannot bear to be parted from my child Aslan. So he took his father and mother, and set forth for Baghdad. Now when they came there, Ahmad al-Danaf went in to the caliph, and gave him the glad tidings of Allah al-Din's arrival, and told him his story. Whereupon the king went forth to greet him, taking the youth Aslan, and they met and embraced each other. Then the commander of the faithful summoned the arch-thief Ahmad Kamakim, and said to Allah al-Din, Up and at thy foe. So he drew his sword, and smote off Ahmad Kamakim's head. Presently the caliph held festival for Allah al-Din, and summoning the Qazis and witnesses, wrote the contract and married him to the princess Husn Maryam. Moreover, the caliph made Aslan chief of the sixty, and bestowed upon him and his father sumptuous dresses of honor, and they abode in the enjoyment of all joys and joyance of life, till there came to them the destroyer of delights and the sunderer of societies. End of section 23 Recording by Eva Easton, Slotesburg, New York, June 2011